welcome to a bonus episode uh, of Leading at a Local Level with myself and John. Um, we wanted to do something a little bit different, just have a little bit of a, dis more of a, just a, a free discussion really, rather than, uh, you know, trying to present exact content. And we wanted to just explore and unpack uh, really the sad story, I guess, of the Ravi mm. Zacharias uh, scandal which has come out and the um, things that have happened to him and how it's affected the organisation, the women um, that he's been involved with. Um, and uh, and I suppose we want to, whenever these things happen, it's good for us just to sometimes take stock and reflect a bit so that we can learn, you know, what mm. is it about uh, leaders that makes them fall and mm really how is it that we can learn from that and hopefully mm. uh, you know avoid the same thing so uh, i don't know john if you just want to maybe just talk a little bit about what actually has happened some people might not know what's happened um and uh yeah uh, and yeah. starts starts off yeah no problem well i mean Ravi Zacharias is someone who has actually influenced me quite significantly uh in my faith so when i was at um, university and i sort of struggled with some of the bigger Sort of apologetic questions about about God and you know God's existence and um, and so on and and he incredibly eloquently um, has argued through his books and his speaking ministry and, and building up this huge organisation Ravi Zacharias International Ministries often called RZIM um, with with you know just podcasts that you you name it you know world famous very very prominent um, evangelical Christian. Um, and, and has impacted many people like me. And what sadly come out is that um, it started to come out and unravel after his death and, and his funeral in May 2020, and then um, more revelations in September 2020, that over many, many years, he has systematically and effectively groomed, um, abused, um, uh, even allegations of, of rape uh, of a number of women um, across a number of countries through um, massage parlors that, that he owned um, there's lots of lots of things that are unknown a lot, a lot of time that was unaccounted for i think particularly troubling in these these accusations well it, not just accusations it looks like many of them are, are, are absolutely certain that it wasn't just um you know it was betrayals of trust it was embezzlement of funds for them from, from the ministry um, there was a lack of accountability, so he went outside of Arzim's communication structures, had his own sort of burner phones. Whenever there were, um, issues, you know, things brought up about the fact he was spending a long time on his own, there was a lot of defensiveness, uh, and also from the board and the senior leadership of Arzim have come out and, and, and apologised and acknowledged that some of the questions they, they probably should have been asking either weren't asked, or when they were asked, there was a lot of pushback. That this man, you know, this great man, this leader, um, couldn't possibly be guilty of you know, any accusations, which started coming out in 2018. Um, and so there are a lot of people feeling very hurt um, because they perhaps been personally blessed by the influence of, of Rabbi Zacharias. And what does that mean for them now? And should we read his books? And should we you know, continue to listen to him? What happens to this ministry? What happens to all those people who have defended him? So there's, there's multiple issues that I think spring out of it. And sadly. He's not the, the first, you know, we've got it, although he's certainly the most extreme, most systematic, extreme case that we've seen, very sadly. But there are many other Christian leaders who, in just in the last few years, many of us will know of prominent men, mainly, who have been removed from their positions because of um, sexual impropriety or um, you know, bullying accusations or mismanaging money. 
a number of character issues. And yeah, I, I think it's really important that we consider this. It's easy to think, oh, it's out there, it's America, it's, it's these big leaders. But I think there are many themes that run through these stories that are very relevant to leading at a local level. Why do leaders fall? What can we can we learn from it? So Tim, do you want to kick us off? What's your sort of initial reactions to, to the whole Ravi Zacharias um, you know, issue? Well, I think it's first, first it's worth pointing out that the um, ARZIM, the organisation, commissioned a independent report. I think it was there were some lawyers that looked into it. That's right. And, you know, to their to their credit, the organisation, they've published that report in full. Yeah. Um, so what we're talking about isn't isn't um, speculation. Um, it is, um, you know, yeah, right. yeah. proven as being fact. So we're not just talking about someone in a who could have done this and he said, she said. It's obviously a... Uh, an independently verified report. Um, I think, mm -hmm. to be honest, it, it just, I suppose the Ravi Zacharias thing, it just is sad, isn't it? I think mean, that's the thing mm -hmm. that, that gets me because, you know, a lot of leaders want to leave a legacy. I don't know if you do, but I think I want to leave a yeah. legacy and not in an arrogant way, but I think if, if, if I've served the Lord faithfully, I hope that what, when I've finished leading, that, that I will have had a positive impact on people's lives. Um, and I will leave something that hopefully will last for more than five minutes. Um, uh, and I suppose the big, one, the big sadness is that he's utterly destroyed his his legacy. He's destroyed not only the, I mean, obviously the, the women that have been involved in it is yeah. just terrible. But he it was destroyed their lives. He's destroyed also the lives of all those people that faithfully serve the Lord who don't necessarily even know. Ravi Zacharias very well, people that would work in England and, and other things and, and uh, just the damage it does. And I think, you know, when, when a leader falls, it, and this is what is so sad, it doesn't, in the secular world, when a leader falls, maybe they lose their job and they move on, you know, they cheat on their wife and it probably doesn't even cost them their job. It probably doesn't even cost them their reputation um, mm. in the secular world, you know, um, maybe they even have a reputation for it, you know, in the, you know, maybe if they mm. mess it up, you know that bad they might lose their job but it, it doesn't in the church you destroy people's lives yeah. like massively trash people it's just sad and i think yeah. um and i think for me that's my first reflection is that we've got such a responsibility to keep talking about this stuff and keep encouraging one another as leaders to get it right because when we get it wrong yeah. the damage is catastrophic and i just think and that and i suppose that's what you know, that's what's so sad, isn't it, to me anyway? That's yeah. yeah, incredibly sad. And I, th I think, you know, I find it sad as well, actually, but, you know, being someone who, yeah, I agree, I want to leave a legacy. Um, and there's times where I'm ambitious to have success. And I can look, you know, I often look at people like Ravi Zacharias and I think, oh, you know, wow, the influence that you have. Wouldn't I love to have that level of influence be used by God in that kind of way? There's, I think in many of us, there's a sense of which we want to be, want to make a mark you know on the world we want to have have an influence but it just seems to me tim that so many leaders of successful ministries you know when there's all this success then seem to really struggle with it now it's nothing new i think we see that in, in the bible we see it through throughout history so it, it makes me sad and makes me think well maybe success isn't all it's cracked up to be what, what's your thoughts on how we think about success you know should we even resist success because it might place you know these burdens on us that we may be then tempted to to fall in a similar way yeah i guess, I guess it's the same isn't it? you see you see it in the in the world i think those people that go on to love island and um 
those kind of programs or, or the kind of the reality TV shows and they get um, propelled into positions of fame that they really were just not in any way prepared for and and actually it, it could dis- it destroys them um, mm. it destroys their life and often I think you know um, and I think it's the same with church leaders often church leaders they start out just loving their congregation um, loving their people mm. preaching the word of God and and they catch they catch a moment often they're just I mean I remember Mark Driscoll but Mark Driscoll was an interesting yeah. case um, I really appreciated Mark Driscoll I really liked him um, you know, ten years or so ago, when he was really in his prime, and and uh, you know, he didn't have a, a sort of a sexual moral failure, but obviously had to step down because of his. You know, I think he obviously was a bit too. They, they I think they accused him of bullying. Is that right, John? I think. Yeah, yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. Behavior and he manipulated the book market, didn't he, or something? He did mm-hmm. something slightly underhand, I think. Um, you know, and you you kind of think. I don't know. You think he never intended to be a, a megastar? That wasn't his aim. Mm. He didn't step out to be that. He, mm. Most of these guys starting there, you know, started with a few people in a in a in a house somewhere, and they built up from nothing. Um, and then, yeah, I suppose. And so, I mean, here's hoping this podcast doesn't become internationally renowned, John. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, um, but I think fame is so damaging. It's interesting. I don't think it's interesting that, that Jesus, one of Jesus' temptations, wasn't it, was for fame. Yeah. The second temptation yeah. is throw yourself off of the um, off the top of the the temple and get and, and the angels will, will save you, and basically show show that you can fly um, was my translation of that of that and and yeah. he resists the temptation to be famous and to be popular, um, and I think he did it because he realised that probably not obviously not he would be vulnerable to give it in but really that's not how his kingdom is established. And I'm not convinced the kingdom is really grown actually through famous Christians. Mm. Nearly always it's grown through ordinary local level people. Well, maybe I'm biased. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, the clue is in the title, uh, isn't it? <laughs> it is indeed. But I think actually the kingdom of God nearly always goes, mostly goes forward, not through the famous or through those yeah. ministries, but those that are just doing the work week in, week out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a challenge. I find that really challenging how, you know, I, I know and have known many, really faithful godly men and women you know and i just I, I, I but haven't had this success they haven't had what we would perhaps term ministry success yeah, yeah. A, and and yet we see you know these guys who have all this success who then seem to really struggle with you know some, with character flaws and again we see it we see it in the bible and it just there's part of me that does i don't have an answer to it i just think lord why does it happen like this you know why is it that, that so many faithful people and, and i think it's having i think we just need to have that eternal perspective don't we that it's so easy to kind of be be drawn in by success i mean you know the celebrity christian it's so easy for churches and people to invite them to speak or to point to them and uh, you know, oh hey they're a christian so it must be cool right it must be okay and then they they kind of let let, let themselves down let everybody down as well ultimately we can only trust we can only trust in god and ultimately the at the end of the day it's what is our faithfulness to him and it's what he says about us and our faithfulness on that final day that is most important and we need to resist the temptation as you say like jesus did of of that sort of worldly success tempting us to think well that's that's the main thing here i think i think it's interesting as well in the new testament like um i mean maybe this is my misunderstanding of the scripture but i think yeah, because in a world where there was no there was no electronic communication, you know, and obviously not even photographs and things like that, Paul would have turned up, pitched yeah. up, 
city to city being relatively unknown they would have maybe known yeah. a reputation of him but they wouldn't have known what he looked like or known a great deal about him and so he almost pitched up as anonymous every single time which i think was to his benefit and um yeah and i i think it, it does make me one worry about yeah about fame about the fact that not that i'm ever going to be famous but um but you know they're actually we need to be really careful if we desire success and one, one of the marks of mlg actually um is you know one of our values is that we really believe that god wants to use ordinary people it's an extraordinary yeah. god with ordinary people and i think actually and we've had this discussion we've talked about booking speakers for the conference um you know do you book a big speaker i mean you do cmf conferences don't you and there is something yeah, yeah. if you get a big name maybe more people will book yeah. um, but in a sense in what we've done is we've kind of bought into the fame culture really haven't we because often yeah. I know, yeah, all right, they are good. And at times there are some speakers that definitely have got something that, that other people haven't got. But I don't, it does make me worry that we, we're just so desperate sometimes. And, you know, with the internet, we, we, you know, we love to listen to the people that are, are really yeah. good. And, and we, well, we, it, we, it, yeah. yeah, and it perpetuates the great man image. It's like, well, we need, the, we need this kind of world famous speaker. But what it does actually, and these guys are absolutely fantastic, but you can very easily sort of watch and listen and it, and it reinforces the idea that, well, actually we need to hear, you know, we need more of this. We need to hear from more of these kind of famous people because they really know where it's at and they're going to feed me. And I just, we just don't see that in, in the new Testament. We don't see that model. Um, and, it, and it disenfranchises people and it makes a lot of us who are very ordinary look on and just think, well, yeah, I can't, I can't do that after all. And maybe my, my role is a bit lesser um and i think that's a problem for us you know as we want to be yeah ordinary we are ordinary people um and god can do extraordinary things but i think we we can devalue that if we focus in on all these extraordinary people yeah, too much absolutely yeah totally yeah yeah i mean i think another thing that i find i find sad but also challenging is i i can see by many of these stories i can see something in myself as well i'm quite i'm really challenged by some of the i think the lies that that we can tell ourselves and the lies that I can tell myself. And I just think, well, <laughs> there for the grace of God go I really. I think if I was in, if I was rapidly catapulted, you know, into a, a position of being famous, um, would I cope? You know, and I, and I, I, I can't say with certainty that, that I would, because I think I recognize some of the, the temptations. I mean, you just think about it, you know, imagine, and it's hard to tell put ourselves in Rabbi Zacharias's shoes but you know imagine that kind of feeling and thinking well if I if I confess what I've done yeah. then it's going to ruin my life my family's life it could ruin the ministry yeah. um it could ruin all of those things and so I'm not going to confess you know I'm going to carry on doing what I'm doing because yeah. actually it's the lesser of two evils and I mean that, that's a lie it's a lie that to keep it secret is the best way and i think there are many many people walking around who in leadership as well who think well you know actually my whole status or my social circle my standing is all based on my position and it might be a position like i'm leading worship in the local church you know it doesn't have to be leading a big international ministry but if i confess this it would bring the whole thing down yeah, yeah. Um, and i think that's a really subtle lie that we need to confront and say no what's most important is that we walk we're walking faithfully before god that we're walking humbly before him don't you think that's because i suppose that i guess it's a very worldly thing to do or fleshly thing to do is that we we somehow disconnect ourselves at, at, from our 
from actually what we're doing. Does that make sense? And I think, yeah. and what, what I mean by that is that God, God is more interested in us than he yeah. is in what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and God is more interested in, in just who we are yeah. and his relationship with us. But somehow we, we disconnect ourselves and we, we almost sort of, um, I don't know if that's yeah. the right way of explaining it. And, and so therefore people feel the need to protect themselves because they, they, they need to protect this thing. Does that make yeah. sense? Rather than seeing yeah. actually it's all one, and as you because because it, it's absolutely one. That's the point. Is that if you fail, yeah. if your character fails, so does everything you do. That we've just seen. Yeah. Abby Zacharias, Bill Hybels, Mark Driscoll. You know, um, there's so many of them. You know, you you could pick on that, that famous yeah. leaders. And the moment you go, so does everything else. But somehow we disconnect those two things, and 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 I think that's again. I think that's 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 the bigger you get, and the bigger your thing gets the more, in a sense, it's easier to separate the two. Um, yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's why, to be honest, I mean, you always danger in picking on people that are alive because you're never quite sure if they're suddenly going to come apart. But I think it's interesting. I was listening to a podcast with Nicky Gumbel a couple of um, yeah. um, a couple of months ago. I, was, I, you, you, I think, did I recommend it to you or you recommended it to me? I think so. I think it was on with Kerry Newhoff. Was that the one? It was, yeah. And he, yeah. he says, he's done, I can't remember the number, but he's done about, I don't know, in the course of his life, he's done about 100 alpha courses and he still does them now. You know, mm. this great guy that's sort of on the same level. He's the kind of the English equivalent of sort of, you know, this big sort of star in America kind of thing. And he gets all these really fantastic big names like Tim mm. Keller comes and preaches at his church. And, 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 you know, and yet he's still doing alpha courses with Dave from down the street, you know. Um, and it's almost like he's still just an ordinary guy just doing his thing um, and all the other stuff. It almost it doesn't seem to have disconnected him. Do you know I mean they're not? Yeah. He's still just Nicky doing Nicky what Nicky does, and and yeah. and, and I, that impressed me really. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, we do set disconnect, and I think the culture encourages it—a therapeutic culture. We see this a lot, um, where where we kind of encouraged actually, just in all the stuff that we see, to separate ourselves. Oh, you know, uh, you see a lot of celebrity confessions or politician confessions. You know, the, just the just the phrases that they use, you know, well, that, that's not me, you know, like I wouldn't do things like that. You, you, you actually almost hear that. And I think sometimes we can be tempted to separate. I've heard people are confessing certain things and, and they'll confess it as if it was someone else doing it, mm. you know, um, and, and separating themselves out. So, you know, me, you know, the person who watches pornography, you know, every other day is like a different person to yeah. the person that I am in this sphere, for example. And, and I hear that a lot. And I think we have to be really careful, this kind of separation. You're right, this, it's having split personalities of where I'm this person here and then what goes on in secret doesn't matter. And that's the subtle subtlety of success as well, is that someone like Rabbi Zacharias might think, well, I'm doing all this stuff. It's all secret, but my ministry is increasing. I'm having more success. So they don't seem to be linked. You know, there were loads of people in the Bible who were, who were naughty and did all sorts of things anyway, and God still used them. So there's no kind of connection between character yeah. and, you know, and ministry. Therefore, I can just carry on doing what I want in my spare time when nobody's watching. And this is a warning to us all. If we don't have the warning, if we don't take the warning in scripture hard enough, this is an example warning to us all that actually it will catch up with us. Yeah. And that is sobering that what we do when no one's watching um, it will impact our character and it will impact other people around us. It may take a long time. It may be after we've died. But what a warning that is to say, you know what, let, let's let our inside be bigger than our outside. You know, let's, as Matt Redmond sings, you know, let's let our deeds 
you know, our life outweigh our songs. I think that's what he says. Our deeds out, outrun our words, our life outweigh our songs. Let's let's make our who we are in private, you know, really match up with who we are in public. And that's a real challenge for everybody in, in church, everyone in local leadership, um, even at very subtle levels to, to be asking those questions. And, and sorry, I'm, I'm going on here, Tim, but it, the question I have from there is probably around accountability, because immediately we spring to mind, well, you know, we need some accountability. And I hear a lot of um, people saying this after the Rebbe Zechariah thing, you know, if only there was accountability and we need to build accountability in, to the local church what, what what would you say about that tim is, is that the answer to defending against these things i, I think accountability is a load of rubbish i think let's you, highlight that phrase and the uh, on the show notes honestly i do Unpack i do why, why like so so you and i have been friends since since childbirth basically um and um and you know we've known each other we've traveled together we've you know we've been through the ups and downs together but yeah. if you are if i want to hide things from you I can still, you know, I can say I'm accountable to you, but, you know, I don't have to. I can just, you know, oh, we'll have an accountability meeting once a week and I just won't tell you things, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can just hide it. You know, I'm, you know, I'm looking at porn. I'm not looking at porn, by the way. Um, yeah. But, you know, I can say that I am and I can have a covenant, you know, I can have covenant eyes or whatever the yeah. latest program is on my computer and just use my phone. Um, you know, if you want to, if you, if you want to be unaccountable, right yeah. you'll be unaccount you, you can hide you can hide yeah. you can lie and as you've just said you can always trick yourself into yeah. believing all kinds of lies that you almost believe that yeah yeah absolutely I this person i think the thing that for me what matters and, and this is and again uh, reflecting on our relationship you know we're friends and so i can yeah. tell, i mean obviously we've been friends a long time and i know there, there is there's been periods in your life when you've struggled and there's been periods in my life when i've struggled and we've sort of yeah. said why are you struggling because i know you really well and because we hang out and we're friends our families are friends i can tell when there's something wrong with you um and and i suppose mm. to me accountability is is really how much do i as an individual want to open up because no yeah. structure is going to and really, you're not going to open up unless it's friendship. So what you need is not accountability, you need friendship. And I think the biggest problem yeah. that so many leaders have is they yeah. lack friends. And I, I praise God for the fact that I have um, that, you know, and I'd like to say that this is a blessing of the God, not because I'm, I'm somehow a magnetic individual. But I have about four or five or maybe more, actually, probably more yeah. people who I genuinely would consider really uh great friends and i and on top of that loads of other friends who yeah. who i actually do really share pretty openly with now maybe i, I realize i'm maybe i'm a bit weird um because i am quite open but i've cultivated an openness so i think yeah. my openness has created more friendships because as i'm open with people people are open with me um and so i know that 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 there's loads of people who who would call me if they thought i was struggling they would notice they would see it i couldn't hide it from them you know yeah um so my view is accountability is rubbish friendship is everything that's my view but <laughs> that's interesting yeah I, I totally get where you're coming from I, I i would say though i've personally found that some i guess they're called accountability uh, books or, or, or questions i found some of the questions that as tools have been quite helpful so i, I will say to someone if, I, if i'm meeting up you know like and it does come in the context of, of friendship it's not just like oh, we're going to meet up for accountability and just talk about you know uh, whether i've looked at porn last week or something and trust me when i was sort of my late teens early 20s i had a couple of relationships like that and it all focused in on issues of purity 
I tell you what, it was awful. I mean, what there's, there's, there's no way to live. And what would happen is I'd have that conversation with these two people and then all my other friendships were like, oh, I don't need to talk about that. That's kind of that part of my life that's been dealt with there. But it was it was weird because it wasn't a true, they, no, neither group was getting all of John. You know, it was just like, that's part of compartmentalized that part of my life. And I found that actually in time, just pretty rubbish, actually. It was pretty disastrous. Anytime I'd speak to somebody would be about this one issue. Um, and then all these other people didn't know about it. So I, I found that very unhealthy. However, I did find some of the questions helpful. So if I'm meeting, you know, if I'm, if I'm meeting with people, if I'm having chats, I, there's questions that I've kind of, I suppose, been taught over the years that I want to, they just come naturally to me now. So I'll ask, I'll ask a deep question rather than just, how are you? I might actually ask a more, a more deep question. I might, I might, you know, I might ask, you know, what, how is your, your thought life at the moment? Or John, you know, John, what, what... John pretends when he rings me up and he asks me those kind of questions that he's doing. It <laughs> it's, like, it's a fr friendly well, chat. That's just a, that's just a weird question to be asking someone in the context of a mid but, Yeah, that's true. So I think not to force things, but I think I, my only pushback would be, I think there are some helpful questions. And I think my other pushback would be, would be, would be organizational accountability. And I think that is important. And that's the, the thing with Zim and so on is, is the idea that you've got somebody running around who's off the off the map. And just because they're the leader, they've kind of given a free pass, you know, and there's no. And, and I think we've got to be really clear that just because you're in a leadership position doesn't mean that you are you're, you're, you're suddenly immune or special or treated differently to everybody else. So actually, we, we have that openness. We have that vulnerability, that humility to say that could be me. And just because I'm standing at the front every week or just because I'm doing this or doing that, that doesn't mean that I'm, you know, on a, I should be put on a pedestal um, in any way. Yeah, I think I think it might be good to put those questions in the um, in the description, actually, that you ask um, or some of them anyway, um, because I think I think, um, you know, some people find it easier to talk than others, don't they? And I think yeah. that's, some people find it easy to open up. And I think, um, yeah. you know, uh, I think what's good about questions like that is that if your relationship with someone is strong and you've you know you have a good relationship those questions actually are quite helpful sometimes yeah. in just taking that conversation you know just taking that conversation to the next space and i think it is so important yeah. i think both men and women you know in leadership or in responsibility um yeah. and it's not just around purity sometimes it's just around you know like how is your prayer life like how yeah. are you actually where are you up to with the lord are you finding yeah. the lord fresh or not you know don't pretend that you're yeah. you're everything's okay when it isn't and sometimes those questions are helpful because you haven't even thought about it and it's only when you are actually stop and think a number of people that don't think john yeah they're just carrying on maybe there's people listening yeah. to the podcast they just they just do they just do as i'm just doing um and actually sometimes yeah. stopping and having a chat with someone and thinking about those things is just helpful of sort of because often i think and I mean, maybe it was just the case of Rabbi Zacharias. You, you've already got five or six steps down the road of exhaustion, you yes. know, of of feeling emotionally uh, drained, feeling isolated. In a yep. sense, you've already got down those things, and, and nothing wrong has happened, as it were. But you're already a long way down the road before you, yeah, in a sense, be, before you even start facing the questions of purity. By which point, you're already isolated. Yeah, um, and yep. isolation, I think, yep. is key. Is that you know, this is the point about accountability. I think. Is, is friendship to me is important because it's, it stops you being isolated. Man was not meant to dwell alone. You know, yeah. we need women. We need women in our lives, not just men, um, you know, or women need vice versa, etc. We need one another. And I think it's, yeah, it's key really in a healthy capacity. Yeah. And, and getting there early, as you say, um, once you, yeah, far down the line of thinking, well, I'm isolated and 
no one understand and you know i've kept this as, and i'll just say for, for anybody you know i i went through this of say speaking to a good friend of mine and sharing with him something that happened like eight nine years before that i hadn't told him and it was it was a really difficult conversation but i'm really glad i did it and so i, I guess let's be clear that however much you've kept a secret however much you're kind of walking in a friendship and you're thinking actually it would be helpful if i shared it my advice would be go for it you know do it, do it carefully um but but go for it don't don't sort of allow that kind of i don't know that being afraid of, of of consequences um to stop you doing it but at the same time let's try and kind of get there early so when we it's, it's i find those questions really helpful and just and the friendship of you know having a good laugh and doing stuff together but just those occasional questions do you how are you notice your as you said, you know, you can notice stuff about me. I notice you're a bit tired. You know, you look a bit, you look a bit weary. You know, and I know for me that weariness is a bad, you know, weariness is a sign that, yeah, I'm just, I'm probably not not praying. I'm probably not, I'm not full of that joy, you know, that that heart, which I don't have all the time, but having someone just try to point it out, you know, notice it, ask me about it, give me the opportunity to share and say, you know, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm really tired and I, and I don't feel I can stop. And someone just to say, well, why don't you stop? The world's not going to stop turning. Just have a break. And you do that with me sometimes. It's so helpful because I don't haven't seen it myself. Well, the, the, the other thing about friendship, isn't it, is that, that, you know, I know that both of us do this, you know, and, um, you know, you might be struggling with something and I'll often just then drop what I'm doing, um, essentially, won't I? And we'll just and come and visit you. Do you know what I mean? And we don't yeah. get close. And I think that's, and, and that's the point, isn't it? You come when when someone's in friendship, you come when someone needs you. And that's the, that's yeah. one of the reasons why I don't like the idea of accountability is that it doesn't, life doesn't work in a structured, like you're saying, you know, it doesn't work in a structured month, monthly conversation, although they, yeah, yeah. Help, I think they are helpful, but friendship works in the immediate, you know, yeah. um, it works in, I'm struggling with this now, what are you doing? And, and I would say this actually, if, if, if as a leader, and I mean, I really mean this, I think, if you're a leader, you, you sit down and write a list of people, how many people, include your wife as well or your husband um yeah. how many people are really in your in your cir close circle of friends you know you know do you have you know two or really through yeah. two or three people really that you're really open with and do you have another kind of wider circle of people that actually you spend quite that you do really enjoy spending time with and if you don't have that i would seriously consider having fun with people as make as being yeah. a really high priority because the other thing i think about accountability truthfully john is that it it builds off it builds off relationship right i'm yeah. far more like you're you're open with me and i'm open with you because we know each other we we're, we're good friends you know and 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 we can talk about the cricket or the football or we can you know, yeah. I don't know do go bike riding together or whatever um and then we can flick straight into other stuff. It's interchangeable. And I think it's difficult to sort of say, right, I'm going to have an intense relationship where I'm going to bear my soul with someone. Yeah. Maybe it's me anyway. But if I don't know you, I just want to know you. Um, and, and so I think, I don't know, I think I'd say yeah. if you don't, if you haven't, if you can't write on a, on a piece of paper, the people that you regularly, and I, when I say I'm, I'm close to them, if you haven't talked to them in the last couple of weeks, they're probably not that close, right? Yeah. If you haven't talked to them in the last month or two, like, and it's only been a couple of months and you only had an hour or two of them a couple of months ago, that's probably not a particularly close friend. Um, you can really yeah. value them as a person and really value them as a friend, but it's highly unlikely that you're, I mean, maybe, I don't know, would you agree with that? I mean, I, I'm not saying I agree with that myself. I'm just saying I, that, that. 
Yeah, I think it's a good thing. It's a good exercise to do. Um, I, I just know for sure that for, for a lot of people, that list will be will be very short. Mine's shorter than yours. And uh, just to say to people that, you know, you it's, uh, to count to count your good friends, you know, often you will just be able to do that on one hand. And it might be one person, but I think the key is, is, is to say, okay, have I got one person? You know, and that's the key. It's when we're, when we're feeling isolated or when the lies come in, like, you know, well, no one else will understand. You know, no one will understand. And if I tell them, they'll be, it'll be, they'll be unjust because they just don't get it. They don't understand where I've come from. They don't understand my job. They don't understand the pressures I'm under. Uh, and that is that's why we're in community. That's why we believe in local church. That we're not lone rangers. That we need each other. But it, it is also a risk, isn't it? It's a risk when we open ourselves up. It's a risk when we confess our sin. But there's something incredibly powerful. That's what what it says in James. When we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. There's something powerful about our interaction on the horizontal that yeah. unlocks something vertically it's not that we confess like you know like a catholic confession and someone forgives us but actually as we confess and receive forgiveness that 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 forgiveness from god we, we experience it in a very real tangible way that we don't often always feel when we confess something to god and some people say well i don't need to confess my sins to anyone else I just I just talk to god about it and i say no that's unbiblical that's, that's not what the bible says you confess our sins to one another because something happens when we do that with our humility yeah. and with our walk with god and with our openness with other people which is key whether we're in leadership or not is, is absolutely key yeah. Yeah. yeah can i can i just raise another issue i think this whole subject um yeah picks up which is really the balance between character and gifting yeah um and i think one of the things that we love to do we love to elevate gifting like it's it's um we love people i mean rabbi zacharias was a man of immense gifting and incredible skill um he had a way of arguing with with non-christians and atheists incredible and it was it was very skillful and he obviously had an ability to speak and he was obviously very charismatic and 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 i think I think there are two things I'd say about this. First of all, we need to remember that God, I, I'm, I'm just doing some study with this, right, around 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and 3, and Paul is basically saying, when I came to you, I didn't come to you with lofty words of wisdom yeah. or great gifting. I came to you in weakness and trembling and humility, um, and I preached nothing but Christ and him crucified. And basically he was saying, I, I didn't come as with all my great gifting and my great knowledge and my great pomposity, that's the word, yeah. Nice. Um, I, I, um, I just came in simplicity and I think yeah. I think we have a we have such a tendency even in this podcast to, to, to yeah. focus on gifting how do I improve my gifting how to improve my skill um, but really character is what makes people I, it's exactly the same. I think it's the same with footballers and cricketers yeah. and sports people you can be an outrageous talent um, yeah. uh, and sometimes in a sense, you can kind of get away with it. If you think about, I mean, I always think about someone like Eric Cantona, who's kind of my, in my era, you know, such a, a gifted footballer, you know, but, you know, two runs and two foot, two foot, a, a spectator in the stands. I mean, something's not quite, there's a disconnect, isn't there? There is, yeah. <laughs> and, and um, you know, and you look at some of the players, Kevin Peterson is a cricket player, like amazing talent. As, yeah. obviously had, a, had some character flaws in the way that he handled people um you know say musicians you know people like freddie mercury you know what an amazing talent clearly had a whole range of kind of emotional um you know character issues basically and i think i think one of the things that, that churches need to do is to focus more of their time and energy and their discipleship around character even though it's yeah. really boring yeah um, than gifting because 
because yeah really like gifting is what lasts i think gift sorry character is what lasts, character lasts gifting, yeah. gifting is and also gifting can be natural not spiritual you can sow in the natural paul says in, in one corinthians chapter three doesn't he? he says everyone's work is going to be tested in the fire and some will be yeah. gold and silver and some will be stubble and hay and i think a lot of the gifting that we see brilliant amazing everyone's like wow this is so fantastic and the gift and 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 someone else who who just slogs away in the ordinary you may find i mean obviously it's absolutely not a rule there can be gifted people that leave legacies um just as much as there can be ordinary yeah. people that that's so rubbish but um but i don't think we should focus on gifting we should focus on character and clearly rabbi zacharias's character was questionable yeah and that's a temptation i think in leadership is to want to bring people who are very gifted um and we understand that because you want to grow things but again if we're looking at models or as i say putting putting in front of lots of people who are gifted it can subtly come across that actually if we get enough people who are gifted you know we'll achieve something we'll just by the sheer force of gifting we'll pull something through to, to you know to completion and um we need to be careful of that and i've just been going i'm going through um proverbs with one of my one of my lads because i'm convinced that you know i think it's proverbs 4 4 to 23 when he said you know above all else guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life it's where everything else comes from above all else guard your heart i mean this is just all over scripture isn't it particularly all over proverbs that actually walking wisely is more important than any success that you might have and i want to teach that to you know to my to my kids right from an early age and just as we want to do that in our churches you know we want to we want to be teaching that kind of thing consistently as you say character heart wisdom making wise choices is far more important than any success that, that we might see and we just be you know, guard our hearts yeah that's, that's key yeah no totally it's good it's good did you have any other questions about it, John? No, it's been really good to be, um, really good to chat about it, actually. Um, no, how about you? Anything you wanted to add before we, I think before we close? I think throw something in as a church leader here. I think the thing yeah. that worries me um, now, because um, one of the challenges with the Ravi Zacharias situation was that there were a couple of women that kind of tried, or particularly one in particular, that tried to kind of speak out yeah. um, a while back. And basically, because she was a bit of an outlier, um you know no one else was saying anything at the time and, and it's so often the case isn't it that that one that one person has the kind of courage to come forward and yeah. fair play to this lady for coming forward but often the first one gets eviscerated you know gets destroyed yeah. because how on earth could this ever be possible you know that someone would ever do this and then of course it, it begins to unravel doesn't it and it, it you know yeah. one turns into two into three into potentially a whole a whole range of these things and you realize it's a pattern um and i think i think what worries me a bit is how as churches we respond to accusations when someone makes an accusation against a leader um and it's not easy because often there's not a lot of evidence. I mean, in the, in the Rabbi Zacharias case, actually, there is quite a lot of evidence, to be honest. Um, yeah. It's not just circumstantial, which is good in a way, but at least it's clear. Um, yeah, just because that's phone, there's phone records and um, yeah, there's lots of there's lots of clear evidence. And, yeah. and you, yeah. you can read the report if, if anyone's interested. You can read the full report, which outlines all this stuff. Um, just search yeah. Rabbi Zacharias report, and you'd probably find it. I'm sure. Um, yeah. But. Um, but I think that's it. and it worries me about how we respond to those because it is in the council. I mean, we live in a council culture, don't we? That if 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 now 
if if someone makes an accusation, a they're they're likely to they're, you know we we believe the victim, which in a way is good. I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. Um, yeah. But you know, equally, it does make leaders very vulnerable because someone can come and make an accusation, and yeah. in a sense, it throws into question immediately their credibility, even though there may be nothing nothing wrong. Um, I don't know. I just it, it makes yeah. me worried. Really, I suppose I worry that that there is a massive. I suppose area that we're vulnerable to and we can't do a huge amount to protect ourselves from yeah. um, and I think churches I, I've been thinking about how as MLG churches we we have a prepared and planned response to that um, yeah. so that when that happens we're not just kind of we don't try and brush it under the carpet because if you brush it under the carpet boy if you've got it wrong man it can come yeah. back and destroy stuff you know if you deal yeah. with it first time um, then it's a lot better. But yeah, I don't know, John. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I think if we go back to, we, we did a podcast on, um, on feedback, didn't we? And I think having a culture where it's kind of pre, pre-agreed, pre these things are pre-agreed. So it's very clear. So we're not picking on you. This is not, you know, basically pronouncing you guilty. Yeah. Um, but it's just an agreed, it's an agreed procedure that is sensible for, for, us, to, for us to take. Um, and this will happen without any statement on guilt whatsoever um yeah and i think that's worth that's worth thinking through and again sadly it's another one of those sad fallouts the implications of you know a man who lives on the other side of the world but actually having implications on a local church in in the uk because um because people have been untrustworthy in the past and that does impact as it impacts the whole church and um we i think we just need to be you're right sad it's troubling um, but I think that's the reality. We're going to have to just deal with that reality plus the culture that we're in and, and come up with ways where we, we're prepared for this. And I think that'd be my encouragement is to be, is to be prepared for how we're going to respond and respond well. Yeah, that's brilliant. Well, I think on that note, John, we'll, um, Great. we'll draw it to a conclusion. Yep. Yeah, good, good to chat. And uh, hopefully you've found this bonus episode helpful um enjoyable i would love to know your thoughts comments if you've got any other suggestions please let us know um yeah we can you can continue to sue or not continue you if you haven't yet subscribed you can subscribe to our leading uh, a local level mlg channel um uh, to kind of get all the latest mlg content which includes the leadership podcast and the other um, podcasts we do um but yeah so um great to great to be able to chat this through with you john really really insightful i think very helpful uh hopefully it'll be helpful to others but um yeah until next time yeah bye now see you bye